Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. All right, everybody. So a lot of special things happening today. Uh, we have the 400th episode of Ask a Painter. And of course, to celebrate milestones, uh, the person who has actually pulled me aside, grabbed me by the collar and said, you need to actually celebrate wins and milestones better. The man, Jason Paris, to my Shabbat. right. Shabbat. And, yes, uh, praise. And uh, so Jason is in Florida. I was just in Florida. He is with his family. He was nice enough to beam in from the beach for not only a milestone Ask a Painter, but it aligns very closely with the things that Jason and I love, data and feelings. We did the first ever national pricing experiment. We got hundreds of data points from all over the country, Canada. We even got a couple from Europe too, which is really cool. And uh, today we are going to do the quickest the lightest skim, the reveal. Jason's going to give some thoughts because after all, we know he is a trained economist and uh, this is his jam. So we are going to talk about uh, the reveal of the national pricing experiment because it doesn't matter what I do with Ask a Painter, what the PCA does, what Tanner Mullen, what Corey Leister do with their Facebook groups. We can't seem to solve what do you charge for X. And Jason and I love this because we know it has less to do with actual numbers and more to do with the human side but we have to use the numbers to address some of the human things that prevents us from feeling comfortable with price. So number one, I will start this entire conversation with saying in the history of all of this, we, you will never feel 100% sure that the price you are giving to the homeowner is however you would judge it, the best, the goodest, the most accurate, because every homeowner is gonna judge you based on a set of metrics that you don't understand. They may have different buying motivations, now, having said that, that is not an excuse for not knowing your price. In my company, I feel 100% certain about the prices we charge because the perfect price to me uh, is three things. The highest possible price you can charge while filling your schedule, and when you produce it, you're able to produce it profitably. If those three things are true, I believe you have the best price for your company, right? So today we are gonna do a skim. I've divided the country of all the responses into four parts. I'm gonna give Jason the quick overview of what we found, because I'm sure he can't see a spreadsheet from his phone on the beach. And then we're gonna do a deep dive into some of the interesting things that I found. So, Jason Paris. Um, Before you get too far, Nick, yeah. there are like studies of how you find optimal pricing, I think is the phrase you're looking for. Yep. Uh, you just, you need like consistency in a large enough data set. Yep. And that is a struggle when, you know, very few companies are doing north of a million, two million. Yep. with an average job size of say five to seven. So it's just not enough numbers on a recurring basis to have consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, but how you get optimal pricing is not uh, like something McDonald's or Wendy's or Target or Walmart struggles with. Uh, that's a pretty dialed in process. So just like don't, don't give up on that dream of like, I can yes. never find out optimal pricing. I can send you over some equations if you'd like. No, and perfect. And and we, we both share that belief, which is, you know, on a micro level and maybe a spiritual level, you may never know for certain that it's perfect, but you can get so close that you can run a business and the aggregate effect of your pricing will be good. And at least you can sleep at night. And we do both believe that. So, um, yeah. yeah. 
And you and I have done this across the country a few times. I've done this for major metro areas for the last three years, and I track this data. This is the first time we've ever done this public, Jason. So we've given this to people in real time in classroom settings and then had discuss, uh, discussions about it. But I feel it is time uh, that we start tracking some national pricing just to give people something to start on, just like production rates, things like that. And I believe that Ask a Painter is the perfect vehicle to do that because we touch so many of the top five to 10% of the painting industry that it could be the model for the rest of it. So um, the next thing on my agenda, Jason, is to quick skim over the data. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get rocking here? I think we'll have a lot to go in once we start reviewing the data set and uh, I can play whatever role you want me to play in that yep. or I can go to just my detail role. Um, yeah, I, I, still, I, I still keep wanting to hammer back to optimal pricing. Can charge to be dependent on really so like target I think for example their t-shirt that's somewhat dependent on consumer demand but it's also dependent on what they can procure t-shirts for from uh, Thailand sweatshops in Indonesia. Yep. Uh, so if if, if like globalism breaks down and America's no longer secure Oh, Jason, man, I, I hate to mute you there, but that wind's picking up and uh, we can't hear what you're saying. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get back okay. to you in just a I just healed it a little bit, but you, you feel free to cut me off. Let's go. Let's get to the data set. You got it, man. Okay. So uh, Midwest, Upper East, South, and West. Now, Canada. I did not include a separate Canada thing because of the vastness of the region, but 90% of the population in Canada is located along the border. So if you are on the West coast of Canada, use the Western pricing. If you're on the East coast of Canada, use the upper East pricing. If you live above Minnesota, use the Midwest pricing. So Midwest, uh, we track three projects, uh, a standard walls in a bedroom, a set of kitchen cabinets and an exterior. And um, there was basically the the only big discrepancy in a lot of the data was uh, the Upper East. The average price for an exterior in the Upper East was the highest by a little bit in all the rest of the country. The rest of the data between Midwest, West and South was actually very close. We're kind of floating around that 13 to $14,000, uh, give or take for this particular exterior. Um, interesting data point about this is when I went to California to get some of these data points, I actually found when I tracked Minneapolis and a very specific part of California, there was a huge price discrepancy. Minnesota had very much higher prices in uh, exterior painting than did California. And Jason, I bet you have thoughts about why that is. Probably I'd, I'd go back to the, the old bread and butter of supply and demand. Uh, which what I would say, you know, Minnesota is a very seasonal market. And so the, uh, the supply, well, I, I said that both the supply and demand are a little skewed when we enter into that, that much of a seasonal swing. Yep. That's exactly it. Which is in California, there's lots of people to do the work anytime you want. In Minnesota, there is a very short window where we need to do it. There's not enough humans to do it. The supply of people that can do it is low. The demand is high. Prices raise up. Uh, but we did actually. Now, I, I would also caution that that's what I want the data to say, and so I'd be critical of saying, you know, how is this data collected? Collected? Are you using median or mean? That was, I was yeah. Are we using averages? Are we using mean data set? Is it a left-leaning uh, distribution curve? Is it a right-leaning distribution curve? Uh, so I would just say that's what I wanted to say as yep. my intuition. 
Um, I think there's plenty of critique on your data set. No, you got it. And and again, this is a uh, this is a very cursory sort of thing here uh, as we as we get through the data, which is there are many ways to um, affect the data. But my argument always is number one, this is free, so shut up. Number two, when no data exists, this is the best data point you have. So congratulations. Over the years, we will refine this, right? <laughs> uh, that's a great retort. I think it was Jeff Bezos in a, a, an interview with Lex Friedman recently said. When data and anecdotes clash with each other, uh, oftentimes on a cutting edge endeavor, you go with your anecdotes. Uh, and so I think it's, it's a good, like you said, data plus feelings. Let's combine both of them. This is free. So just tell me STFU and uh, we'll keep moving on. Perfect. All right. So in the Midwest, average price for walls uh, for one bedroom worth of walls was $552. The high was 900. The low was 300. Actually, this data point in the data collection had the smallest discrepancy between the highest and the lowest of any single number in the entire country. Doesn't matter interior, exterior, this and that. The price that the Midwest charges for walls, if it has the smaller discrepancy, I would say it's a more refined mark and people are more, I don't want to say accurate, but there's more sophistication in their pricing with the smaller discrepancy. That's my that's my reading. Yeah. I'd like to find out what the standard deviations were in yep. each market. And you know, if that's if that's the tight end of a swing, uh, if we looked at what the median was versus the average. Mm -hmm. Um but that that's great content for a future episode. But that is interesting that, you know, what'd you say? It was like three to nine hundred? Yeah, like it's nine hundred on the high, three hundred on the low, yep. Yeah. And that's called a tight spread. Um, yep. I think it goes a little bit to the people who are filling out these these surveys, which are you know, people who look at your content and call it a masterclass. Yeah, you got it, man. So here's here's the deal. Um, people are asking me to zoom in, zoom out, and all that stuff. Here's the deal, folks. Lucky for you, if you turned in an anonymous estimate for this, I am going to email you the results of this. So if you didn't turn in an estimate, better luck next time. Um, now, uh, we in, in future things, Jason, I have shared this spreadsheet with you. When you get back, I you are going to take a deep dive into this, but it's starting to be interesting because two two pieces of data come out of this, which is in the Midwest, you and I are located in the Midwest. The most data points that came out of this entire study on almost a two to one ratio was Midwest. So it's probably not, it's probably not a coincidence that Ask a Painter and myself and you have a large following in the Midwest. We've done these pricing experiments here. When we have a master's class in Minnesota, a hundred people show up and we actually go through pricing on that. We share pricing regularly so that there's a more developed, refined data set in the Midwest is probably not a surprise. Yeah, there's all sorts of uh, stories we could start to weave into the data, uh, which is dangerous, but it's, but it's fun. So let's go with fun for today's show. Today is uh, you, <laughs> you can say the East Coast is very like uh, union-driven, mob-driven. Like you still have the ethos of it's like me versus them and forget about it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the West Coast, everybody's hooked up to their Zuckerberg HoloLens glasses, metaverse. <laughs> so they don't really know how to go outside and talk to each other. So what? The Midwest, we're like healthy, normal people. We have we have you know healthy families, and uh, we talk to contractors, and so that's like the story you can start to weave into the data set. Um, 
So I think you're, I think there's something there. I think we can just say that the data proves everything I just said is is fact for now. And uh, so what's interesting is that the uh, the Upper East Coast always brags about you know the old money, the high prices, but really, and and this bears out in the other data that I've collected over the years is that the West, and we're talking about California predominantly, right? The closer you get to the coast, the higher the prices go up. Universally, the prices in the uh, West are much higher than anywhere else. When you look at the average price of a bedroom project. Midwest, 552, East, 587, South, 556. Those are basically a rounding error away from each other from the exact same price. Then you have 150 to 100, 100 yeah, basically 100 to $150 more West. And that's significant when we're talking about a $550 bedroom. We're going 705 in the West. So that's the thing that I've seen out in the micro areas I've done. So generally speaking, if you were, if you didn't know anything about the industry and you didn't know how to price, the farther you got west, the higher the prices are generally. Makes sense because the railroads, it's hard to get across the country because the railroads kind of started on the East Coast. Sounds good. All right. Uh, next thing, the uh, cabinet pricing. Cabinet pricing is actually with the help of people like Corey Leister and the hundreds of thousands of people in their in their um, professional cabinet groups that actually readily share pricing models and give feedback in a very reformed way. We're actually finding, you know, again, outside of the West Coast, we're finding we're finding a lot of similarities in all of this. So Midwest for a set of 40 doors and drawers cabinets, we're looking at 5,800 for Upper East. 5,500, south, 5,400, west, 6,500. So again, that's a big price discrepancy out west. And in fact, um, the there was a very little price discrepancy between high and low uh, in the west with that. So it feels to me like it's a little more refined data set. But again, we're finding a big difference in price. West is much higher than the three other areas we studied. Yeah, I, I, I like have to keep picking on the data set too, because these are, you know, these are self-reported numbers from people that, you know, say that your content is a master's class level. Uh, so these are not like, how dare right, you? Right, right. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm not. Um, I mean, I think I, you know, whenever you give these talks, you know, you probably have to explain three or four times how to do the estimate accurately, and you still get wild, wild swings. Um, but like you said, it's free. Shut up. It'll get refined over time. And yeah, I, I think you, you can't get away from the basics of supply and demand. And as you head out west, you start saying, well, if that is the case, what would that inherently say about demand yep. for painting services? Right? Maybe there's an increase on interior, increase in exterior. I don't know. It's a little counterintuitive. But yep. what is the change in supply? Again, a little counterintuitive. A little counterintuitive. You'd say you think maybe there's more labor, uh, but maybe the cost of living is higher. Um, or there's some bias on, you know, the data set that you collected from. Oh yeah. Certainly things we can dive into, but it's, it's every data can tell the story that you want. As I always say, figures lie and liars figure, yeah. figures lie and liars figure, but no, it does tell a good story. And, and I think you know, the most powerful, powerful thing you can do is, especially when it's data within your own company is use your own intuition yeah. and put a narrative and a story behind that data. Yep. So we, we should say this too, that uh, you bring up a very good point and you actually brought this up live at one of the master's classes where we did this, which is you, you just pointed out to everybody in the crowd that, hey, by the way, uh, we didn't break into your QuickBooks file and look at your job costing for what you actually charge or actually produce on these things. These are self-reported numbers, right? So you have to understand that this these numbers here are not 
a collection of completed jobs in these areas. These so are what reported numbers from, from mostly technicians who are trying to run a business and are not great at numbers. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's, uh, when we go through the cabinets, uh, generally what you find is that Midwest, Upper East, and South are kind of in lockstep in most of the prices. And when you look at the total, just a dumb, dumb average of the numbers, uh, total, uh, the West will bring it up a little bit. But really, when you're looking at uh, Midwest charges a lot for cabinets, right? Upper East and, and South do not charge as much as the other areas. Area, excuse me, West is higher. So um, biggest discrepancy in the Upper East is actually exteriors, where, I mean, we're seeing, and I've seen this personally too, the, for an, the average exterior that we looked at, one person was going to charge 49000 the other person 7800 So there's an 84% price discrepancy between high and low. One, you would have to remortgage your house and take out a home equity loan. The other one is, is you can't even get a used car for as low as that. So I bring up these price discrepancies because when it feels like, you know, we always talk about the low bidders, the undercutters and the hacks out there. I do not think that people price their jobs maliciously to get back at other painters. I think that just like you said, most painters who can't find a good company to work for start their own business. And then instead of saying, hey, there's a painting company in Boston that'll only pay me 25 bucks an hour. When I paint this exterior, I'm gonna charge $35 an hour. And that they that $7,800 exterior price does not exist because they want to get back at the entire industry. It's there because they have no idea how to charge. I would just say too, exteriors, unless you have a background in it or even familiarity painting or bidding, they, they are tough to estimate for. Yep. And it's a scary beast. And you would see those wild swings because people for the most part are trying to figure it out. And we know a painter in the Twin Cities who only does exterior work on a TNM basis. Because there's just too, there's so many variables that are hard to estimate. Yep. And if you don't have that skill or that competency, but you're really good at interiors and you've built a brand and you've built a client base, then you could say, well, I'd be willing to do exteriors, but only on a TNM basis because I don't know if I should bid 18 or 49. Yep. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. Well, and and so uh a couple things about that. Um the way to actually get yourself closer to being comfortable with numbers is to do a bunch of job costs and then figure out if you made any money or not. And at the end of that, you have to choose: do we paint it better or faster? Do we raise our prices or do we do a combination of both? Because pricing, you know, just because you didn't make money, it's not always a function of pricing. You just may be slow as molasses in February. That may be an option you know, as well. That's, that's, that's a very common story. And I think the, the root issue of that is a lack of accountability with labor. And uh, we've seen in the last five, six years, you know, subcontracting has gone from a dirty word to a pretty normal word. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and that kind of solves the issue of accountability because I think a lot of, self-employed business owners who started out as technicians, um, they, they lack the ability to work somewhere else because they are not good with accountability. And when you run your own company, you could say there's ultimate accountability, but in a lot of ways you can skirt accountability by yep. just pure martyrdom. And yep. I think that oftentimes will bleed into the labor sources where people are not holding the tension. I've just seen this over and over. People are not holding the tension with their labor for it to be production focused. And yep. that, that causes issues. And then how do I price? And, oh, shoot, you know, I love to pay these guys more, but I can't afford to. But I don't want to have conflict. And maybe I will in a sideways way by just yelling at them without any facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as you said, yeah, it's a functionable. 
Wonderful. All right, everybody, uh, take a pause. We're going to do a little final recount of all this, get some final thoughts from Jason Paris. We're going to celebrate the 400th consecutive week of me going live. That is seven and a half years of doing this. Uh, but right now, everybody watching, we got a ton of people on Facebook, a ton of people on Instagram. Share it to your story, share it to your feed. Get it in all of the Painter Facebook groups. Let's get this thing going. For, uh, let's get other people in here. Uh, this will be a thing that Jason and I will break down. We'll use his economist mind to look at the, the micro data sets of each little area. And then we're going to start talking about standard deviation and how we can improve the data set in the future. And one thing that I do want to tell you, Jason, about this too, is that you and I, it's so easy to just collect numbers and say, here's the story of our industry. But we all know that, especially when you have a self-selecting group of people do it, you have you have to watch Ask a Painter live. You have to have the ability to use a Google form. You have to have found me in this week to do this. Like that is a very specific thing. So when no data exists, this is the best thing we have. Great, this is awesome, but it's infinitely refinable. And I also want you to know, I don't, I, okay, I want everybody else to know. I'm gonna tell you something you know, Jason, but when I made the Google form, you have to understand this data set is, I'm trying to find the correct words here, right? I will give you an example, and this will explain something on the data set, which is on the Google form, when I when I tried to get people to list out how I want the prices to be listed, I just need numbers. Some people actually typed in 1,000, O-N-E, like that. I actually put an example on the exterior of 18,000, like example, 18,000. Guess what one of the most reported prices estimated for exteriors was in this data set, Jason? It was 18,000. Yeah. It was exactly 18,000. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so you, know, and, and you could point to that as like, hey, this is a challenge with the data set. That actually tells quite a bit of a story in and of itself. Yes. Uh, that'd be some of the things that I think you and I can parse through of like, how was this collected? self-reporting all those things uh and where the standard devi deviations do we want to use the average do we want to use the median uh those would be the fun things to dive into um i was like four classes away from minoring in stats uh six in college which is a joke because that means i only took intro to stats yep <laughs> so four classes away from minoring in stats um but i yeah i think it'd be fun to dive into well, and I will say this, uh, if, if anybody has seen Jason, Paris, and I talk about these things, the numbers are only minimally interesting to us and they start us on threads. But really what Jason and I are interested in is the human side of this. We love the machinations of how was it collected? How did they put it in there? How were the questions asked? And then we look at the data, not for necessarily like we need some price info so we can change our prices. It's more of like we try to find a story through it all. And Jason is really, really good at this. He puts himself into the human condition, into the mind of a house painter in Indiana, and he can actually come up with sometimes these anecdotes or condensational thoughts from Jason are more important than the actual data. But I will say this, number one, if you are in your first year of business, if you really want to be a professional business and you legitimately don't have enough job costing and you legitimately don't know where to start pricing, you could do a lot freaking worse than this right here as a starting point, right? Yeah, great value, great ad, good place to start, work in progress. If you wanna see something really, really cool, come back in six months. If you wanna see something in progress, come take a look right now. Yeah. And I've said, Nick, you know, and I say that tongue in cheek because I've said that since the very first time Nick came to my office, what was that, four or five years ago? Yeah. 
I literally said, hey, you want to see something cool? Come back in six months. You want to say something that's a work in progress and going to be cool? Come take a look now. Yep. I like that. I like that attitude. Yep. That's good. Well, uh, Jason, you have been with me from the start. We've done a lot of the shows on milestone shows. I call my Man, best friend Jason Paris. So, this is like a model of consistency. Uh, yeah, you've done a lot to for a lot of people. You're the friend that they don't have, the father they wish they did have. I'm sure. And uh, no, you've done you've done a lot. You know, making yourself visible in presence. It turns a very lonely endeavor and makes it much less lonely. Uh, which is being an entrepreneur. And sometimes that's a secret. As someone once told me, that's the secret to keeping your butt in the seat just a little bit longer to see it through. It's having that sense of camaraderie. So well done. Uh, it's appreciated by many people. And I think you're doing good work. Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, the biggest problem in our industry is loneliness. And uh, um, if you want to not feel lonely in the most serial killerish way, here's a few hundred data points from other people around you. This is This is a data comfort hug right here. What you're looking at is hundreds and hundreds of painters from around North America contributing, having an active conversation through their data with you. So Jason, always a pleasure, man. Get back to your family. You bumped man, in on look, look, look at this sunset. Look at this. Dude. There's the family. This is why we work so hard. This is so hard. All right, man. Dude, great work. <laughs> great work. Thanks. Glad I hit that bounty. Thanks for the invite. And uh, I'll see you next week. See you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, see you at the retreat. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been a great show. Uh, we have our friend Jason Paris from the beach, which is you master the basics, you're consistent, you do that, you become a shareholder in your company, and then you get to be in the beach with your family, right? Running a very successful company. That is the goal of what all of us do. So um, personally, I want to thank everybody for watching Ask a Painter over these almost like seven and a half years right now. This is the 400th show. I have never missed a week in 400 consecutive weeks broadcasting live to you guys. I think there was actually only one show that I did not post live. I was in Canada and I had absolutely no cell reception. So I recorded a show and then posted it. But I think that has been the only one. So um, I just want to tell you guys how grateful I am for all this, right? I just got back from a week of traveling. I went to the Sherwin-Williams National Sales Meeting. I, pre I presented to 600 people from Canada uh, in, a, in a great room there. Uh, then I went to uh, another part of Florida and presented to rooms full of paint business owners who are all veterans under the veteran service brands, uh, you know, parent company. And it's been a great week. Uh, you guys have connected me with all this stuff. Uh, we went top golf with Sherwin today with my team here in Minnesota. And like what we're building through Ask a Painter, through the PCA and everything else is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. Every single human who submitted an anonymous estimate to this is going to get an email personally from me with the data from this, right? So you can use it, right? You're going to see this thing. You're going to have that at your disposal. I want to thank you for this. I want to ask for your participation in the future as we refine this. And uh, for those of you, uh, I offer this to free for everybody, this show and everything else. And typically I ask only for a review. And the problem is many of you have already given me the review. I don't want you to give me another one. That's fine. What I want you to do is join me in the PCA to further our mission of this professionalization. I also want you to join me at the expo in late February, early March, uh, so that we can do things like this in person, right? So I just want to tell all of you how grateful I am. You have dispelled the loneliness from me in this industry. 
I only wish to do the same for you. So I'm grateful. Thank you for 400 episodes and we'll see you guys next week. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.